Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. and welcome back to Ladies Who Law School podcast. I'm Haley. And I'm Sam. And welcome to our 100th episode of Ladies Who Law School podcast. It is basically our two-year anniversary, maybe like a week or two late, but with our 100th episode, we just couldn't help but celebrate. So with that, we have a question from a listener who has been listening since the beginning, and we're going to talk a little bit about what she had to ask us and what we have to say about it. So I'm just going to read out what she sent to us and, um, you know, just give her some advice because that's what we're here for. And also, if you guys want to do a whole episode of just us like answering your questions, like we can definitely do that. Just let us know. So, you know, she says she introduces herself. She says she's been a listener for a few years. So shout out. I was like tearing up when I saw that. I was like, oh my God, I don't even OG listener. Um, anyway, so um, she said she graduated an undergrad with a kinesiology major and two minors in pre-law and disability studies. She was going to study for the LSAT while she was a teacher in fall of 2021 and then apply in the spring of 2022 to attend law school part-time in fall of 2022. But she said it didn't work out, so um, she now is an attorney liaison She loves that job. Um, And now she's wondering, because she possibly wants to be mayor one day too. Very, you know, like lots of goals here. Um, So she's wondering, should she go get her master's in political science just in case she wants to be in politics, right? Or should she go to law school? The caveat is that she loves her job so much that she doesn't necessarily want to go to law school right now. So what would you recommend? Should she get her master's? Should she go to law school first? You know, she loves working at this firm. What do you say? Well, you know, immediately I just think like so many different things. So I'm just going to kind of talk through it with you. I'm thinking she's super young. And I know many, many times we've said that people do better in law school when they're a little bit older, when they have a better understanding of the world. It's very evident that she's ambitious and she has goals and she can attain those. So I'm not really worried about her, you know, not being able to do school again or anything like that. But the idea of getting a political science master's versus getting your law degree, I mean, I just want to say like go to law school. And I don't know if that's like my bias, but whenever I think of running for an election or 
a political office, you know, I immediately think of PR and strategy and things like that, not necessarily political science. Um, also, I didn't really study that a ton. So I mean, immediately I'm thinking like work at that job, you know, maybe look at other uh, master programs in like voting or, you know, elections and things like that. And maybe like your communication school or anything like that. And I mean, or, or if the political science degree does have something that's very like election based and how to get elected and things like that, because that's really important when you're running for political office. Um, but as far as law school, like you're going to learn so many skills and you're going to be able to talk better and understand public policy better. So I think that you really can't go wrong either way. Like I said, uh, the only thing to keep in mind with that is, you know, give yourself time to grow up and understand the the world. So maybe just work a little bit more as an attorney liaison, understanding what they do and maybe, uh, you know, volunteer for some elections in your town and get involved in that community and learn more about what those people are doing because school will always be there. And on that note, we are going to be talking about being a woman in the law. You know, it's our 100th episode. We are women. We are here to support women and encourage women to join the field because, you know, we're a minority where there's only like 34.7% of lawyers are women. Um, that's a fact. So, yeah, we're going to talk about the struggles. This kind of came from talking with my therapist and she just asked me about, you know, this was right after Christmas break, we had our first meeting in the new year and she was asking me about how my Christmas and new year's was and everything. And I told her about just these feelings that I had about not really, really being able to show emotion and how I've really had to change myself. And, you know, I feel like part of that came from law school and, you know, what is portrayed as being like powerful as a woman and powerful as a lawyer, you know? So I just thought this would be a good topic to just kind of discuss and talk about being a woman in the law, how that, you know, potentially affects our emotions, how it affects what we do, what we wear, who we are, you know? And just maybe validate some people's feelings out there. Maybe some people are like, no, I disagree with you guys. But, you know, this is just all our, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Take on it, our journey, the things we've experienced. And we actually have someone who reached out to us um, a few months ago and shared, you know, a little story with us and basically her second guessing, you know, going into the law and kind of just thinking, is this the right thing for me? I heard this and it really scared me. Have y'all experienced this? Have you heard of this? And so, yeah, we're just going to talk about being a woman in the law. And especially in a male dominated field, because that is what the law is at this point. It's a male dominated field. Um, A lot of times you can feel like uh, you have to be, you know, take it like a man, you know, like, um, and not show emotions, right. There's no crying. There's like, put on a poker face, you Mm -hmm. know, like just deal with it. Like don't show emotion, but do that behind closed doors, you know, take it out of the office, do it when you're at home. So I think that's just, you know, 
that's, I think, where we're coming from, just from a personal perspective too, you know? Absolutely. So I jotted down a few questions whenever I was thinking about this, and I just want to ask you these, and we can kind of just talk about them as we go through them, but have you, or do you ever feel like you can't truly be emotional as a female lawyer? And emotions, you know, doesn't necessarily have to be crying, but getting angry, raising your voice, um, you know, people can tell when you're, when you're feeling some type of way and, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but have you ever felt like you couldn't do that? Yes. Um, well, it was more of a situation where I felt like afterwards people were like, Oh like yeah. Like judged. Cause yeah. I had a very strong opinion. Yeah. I was in a situation where I had very high emotions, yeah. um, very passionate. And yeah. I, you know, I wanted to get my point across and sometimes people don't like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I was just pointing out facts at the end of the day. You know, yeah. I'm never going to go in there without like facts and argument. Um, and the good thing is that I found support from like my job, right? When yeah. I told them about this encounter that I had. Um, and I'm being vague just because like I can't tell you guys yet because just like. And you, you yeah, to, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, sorry. You got to keep some secrets. Yeah. It's like <laughs> confidentiality. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my, my firm was super supportive of supportive of me. Yeah. That's when I knew like, okay, this is like a place that I could vibe with. But yeah. then I saw like some of my peers were not, um, and they, especially girls, um, you other know, women. other women were kind of like, why are you showing this much emotion? We can't be showing emotion when we get into, um, and almost putting you down. Yeah. Putting it. me down. And it wasn't, you know, from my perspective, at least I was very just strong-willed, wanted to get my point across. I felt a little <laughs> disrespected at times because I yeah. felt like he was shutting me down. But um because he didn't want to hear me because he thought I was an angry woman, you know. Yeah. Um, this young angry Yeah, woman. a young angry girl who think he's walking up in here thinking she, she knows owns the place. You yeah. know, and then when like in reality you just felt like you were trying to express yourself and express mm-hmm. your emotions about the situation. Yes. And I think at the end of the day, it shows passion. It shows you know, bigger that you're here, you're willing to have this conversation and not let it go. I think yeah. everyone, you know, I, many times we've heard, pick your fights, pick your battles. Right. And it's like, sometimes I'm willing to die on this hill. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, that's what being a lawyer is. Exactly. Right? And it's a, being an advocate. Yep. Um, and that's what we learned. So honestly, when people were like, well, you shouldn't have been that passionate about that advocacy. Like that's not how you advocate. Or that wasn't the right way. I don't know. I've seen a lot of powerful lawyers advocate in very different ways, different ways. Yeah. And at the end of the day, my point did it get did get across, and I did get some stuff changed. So yeah, that was so good. So it worked. So it worked. And sometimes people just need to be shown that, like, just because you're a woman doesn't mean like. I just another example, right? Um, and I think we've talked about it before, where um, you know, if you're in the court and let's say a witness is like disrespecting you, and like you're not going to be sassy back, but like if a guy does it. Like a guy lawyer, like gets sassy back, like they won't usually get a second look. Mm-hmm. But when it's a woman, it's like, oh, she's a bitch. You know what yeah. I mean? That's so it's also, yeah. And it's yeah. like, so I can't like show any kind of emotion. You know what I mean? Good or bad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers: Audible. Yes. Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. 
And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you're currently hooked on Never Lie by Frida McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go, whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. I totally agree. Um, have you ever personally had anyone tell you to like stop acting emotionally? Mm, I mean, not personally directly, but uh, definitely like off. Like it was directed at me, you know, like they said, if you're going to advocate for something, you shouldn't be like that emotional. Yeah. I've definitely had people directly tell me like, oh, you're being too emotional about this. I mean, in my whole life, I think that I've just come to realize like who I am personally is a very emotional person. I feel my feelings to the deepest depths of my body. I love that way. I care that way. And I also get angry that way. (laughs) So I definitely had to learn to you know, tame back the emotional side of myself. And I've definitely had, uh, different guys say stuff to me in law school and that definitely changed who I was. And I think recently, you know, going back to talking with uh, my therapist, it was just kind of coming to fruition for me to realize like, okay, you're holding back to a point that is detrimental to your mental health and you're not really allowing yourself to feel these feelings and know um, how you're feeling because I would just shut it down. I just wouldn't feel it. I just would try to, you know, suppress, suppress, suppress. And eventually it comes out. And sometimes in the places where you, you don't even know, but you feel most comfortable and you're just in the walls just naturally come down. And also you don't want that to be in a highly emotional situation where you just start losing your shit. But I also think it's so important to be like aware of how you're feeling and like not suppress them. Right. And like, that's what we're told to do, like, mm-hmm. you know, to suppress it. But I feel like a lot of times our feelings um, are like our gut instincts too. Mm-hmm. And like, if we're suppressing all of that, like we can miss key cues and, you know, mm-hmm. in yeah. life. Absolutely. And it's just, yeah, it's just not a good thing to do. Do you feel like And, you know, I said there's no crying in baseball when I bring that up because it's from a movie where women are playing baseball and they say that, you know, and do you ever feel like, you know, I think there's this unspoken rule that, you know, you don't cry at work and if you need to cry, you go to the bathroom by yourself. And I definitely think like sometimes it just feels better that way and things like that. It's more personal and and 
you know, you are able to have your time, but at the same time, I feel like you can't really be yourself. And like, if you were to cry, you would give them defeat or you would have defeat and give them what they wanted, you know? So do you ever feel like these traits of toxic masculinity, you know, where they can't really show their emotions, you can't cry, you can't talk about your feelings, you know, it's kind of, in my opinion, crept into what it is like to be a female lawyer because we're expected to, you know, rise to what these men are doing, right? When in reality, we offer, in my opinion, so many different avenues that are different than men. Skills. Skills, different skills, exactly. And, you know, empathy is a huge one. And with being a really emotional person like I am, empathy is something that comes natural to me because I just feel really hard, especially for other people. And so I think uh, that is also something whenever you're maybe telling, like, you know, I think of this person who's telling you stop being so emotional. They're not being very empathetic, you know, and, and that comes across as being an asshole. Yeah. You know? Disingenuine. Yeah. Also just like, I don't want you to be my lawyer if you're not going to like advocate me advocate for me like fully because you and feel, me feel like it right you know like yeah. I don't know like as I don't know that I mean I signed up to be a lawyer because I wanted to advocate like for things that I wholeheartedly like you know care about believe about and all that kind of stuff so I if my emotions are what drive me that's fine you know like at this point we have to just be ourselves you know yeah no I totally agree I think too though it's being ourselves what is ourself? You know, I think that a lot of women end up asking themselves that and or they and, lose themselves. Yeah. And as you go through law school as a young 20 something, you're trying to figure out who you are. And that's kind of my point is like, are these traits that are glorified in lawyers, men or women, where they're ugly, they're mean, you know what I'm saying? Um, well, I think it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. I think it's a way to show, like, I'm strong, like, you know. Like a bully. Yeah, almost. and then think yeah. about it, though. So many people who don't deal with what's going on in their lives or suppress their emotions, like, look at them later in life. And mm-hmm. we hear a it lot about lawyers, like, late into their career, and they fall into emotional issues because, like, We're in just they just... Bad situations. Yeah, bad situations yeah. because... They haven't dealt with it, right? They haven't, like, they've suppressed everything and not taking care of their emotions. And, like, that's important, you guys. And it's, like, as women, we are just naturally more that way. And, you know, some men are. Don't get me wrong. But we are that way. You know, I think of, like, everybody's mom who, like, cries at the the sad part of Notebook. You know what I'm saying? And, like, as we grow up, as women, we do the same, you know? So I just... I think it adds like a different character. Like, you know, we were talking about how law is so collaborative and having men and women at the table is probably so helpful. in the fact that you see different sides of the picture, you address and, you know, when one person's maybe being kind of unempathetic and the other person's like, Hey, have you thought about it like this? It allows for everyone to be better at their job. Mm -hmm. Which I think is because at the end of the day, we just want to make, everything just you know do the right thing do the right thing you know and I think it it's also like the more now that we've talked about all this and as I've thought through this Mm -hmm. it makes me think you know we don't we shouldn't change who we are and I guess this is just some of the issues that happens and that people like us women females experience 
and just people who are marginalized, I'm sure, right? They experience these awkward feelings and, um, you know, it's the male dominated field problems, right? That we experience because women are a smaller percentage. That's just fact. You know, like we're not trying to say, I know some people get mad when we say like, oh, like women are not in the law as much as men and stuff like that. But it's genuinely a fact. Yeah, that is fact. That's not our opinion, right? Yeah, that's fact. And it's our opinion that because of there being so many men, that it has led to us as women, females, marginalized people to change who we are and feel like we need to be somebody that we're not. When in reality, like what makes you different is the best part of what you bring to the table. So with all that being said, you know, we'd love to hear you guys' opinions too. You can write us an yeah, email us. Love to have a conversation about this. Yeah, absolutely. So like I was saying earlier, a few months ago, we got an email See, we got an email uh, from a listener who was talking about how she had an interest in the legal field and for a while, but something was brought to her attention and it made her really sick to her stomach. Uh, She was speaking with a law clerk who was a 3L and they mentioned that the legal field is super old school and super sexist. Um, she said that it was really shocking and, you know, she asked specifically about, you know, she said she'd heard a story that a federal trial court judge, uh, where she is located, um, would not let the women argue in the court unless they were wearing skirts and that they would most likely lose the case if they weren't, maybe he wouldn't not let them, but, you know, it was like an unspoken rule and, you know, people had noticed, I guess you could say that when women were wearing maybe a pantsuit or something different, they would lose. So she just wanted us to kind of talk about this and think about this. And I thought it was perfect for our conversation and topic today, just because, you know, this is another part of being in a male dominated field. There's more men out there. They um, don't feel your pain in that situation, right? So you have to be able to speak up for yourself and have those conversations. So what do you think about that? Well, I've definitely heard that about here. There was a judge that, you know, preferred when women wore skirts too. So I guess that's more common than we think which is sick to say. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I have heard about that. I've heard about the skirts thing. And And I've heard about pantyhose. Um, I'm sure there's people, judges out there, too, who, like, are you wearing heels or are you wearing flats? Like, Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, there's gross people in every profession. And, like, we've seen again and again, like, judges are not immune to that. Yeah. Um, There are some judges that, like, really abuse their power yeah and um yeah i think that's what we're seeing here if it's true you know like all this is not you know innocent till proven guilty we don't want to like you know yeah (laughs) accuse anybody here but But, um, let's say hypothetically this happened hypothetically a judge you know you realize you've been in this courtroom time and time again and you realize every single time a woman goes up there district attorney or you know defense attorney or either way, plaintiff's defense, they lose. You know, 
What would you do? I mean, in my mind, I think what would I do? That's a great question. I think first off, it's not right. Like, let's just all get on the same page. That's very sexist. You know, it's misogynistic. What? You know what I was thinking that just came up to my head? But um, that there's a judge that's a woman in here mm-hmm. where we live mm-hmm. and how one of the male attorneys mm-hmm. said something really, really rude to her. And I think that was also a moment of sexism. It's a reversed revert. Like, yeah, she's the judge and she's literally being disrespected by a guy. And, you know, you just don't do that. Very rude. Like, I mean, he could have said that to any judge, but, you know, it makes you wonder, did he have the balls also to say that because she's new and she's a woman and she's a younger woman, too. Uh, absolutely. Right. You know, I think it, it kind of goes with that idea of respect your elders. You know, maybe if she was an older woman, maybe it'd be different. Who knows? Right. But at the end of the day, it happened mm-hmm. and we and it can was probably guarantee it happens all over this country every single week in every single district court, federal court, state court, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, it is, can be, it is, and it can be discouraging. I know whenever I hear this stuff, like I said, it's like, what do I do? You know, it's not like, oh, God, what do you do? First and foremost, I'm going to say this and I'm going to have to listen back. But don't change who you are, ladies. Please don't change who you are. Also, wear what you want to wear. If and you do notice you. that, like, you're getting different treatment strictly because of something like this, like, you know, if you're in a situation where you're wearing pants and, like, you can see that you're, you're lost being every time, treating, you start, like, your own hypothesis yeah. and you tra- like, change out. You can definitely report that. I'm guessing to, like, the bar association. Yes, the bar of your you state. You know, like, report that because you'd be surprised how many creeps there are out there. And you know what? Maybe they do or don't do anything about it, but you tried, right? Uh, maybe you talk to other women in your bar association or, you know, your, your city, town, whatever, and you say, hey, have you noticed this? And sometimes, you know, judges are usually elected, not all judges, of course, but that's another way to act on it, right? Also, women, more women need to join the legal field. And I know that we talked about um, this a while back, and some people might have taken it differently than the way we meant. But at the end of the day, you know, we as women are affected by more things than our male counterparts, I would say. You know, we are the givers of life on this earth. So we are affected by the fact that we can get pregnant and we can have babies and we can have them in law school, around law school, before law school, after law school. But it it affects people, you know? And I think because we can do that, we've been seen as a weaker, you know, gender, you know, and in reality, we're strong as hell. And I think, you know, if that were the hypothetical situation in a perfect world, I think I would be like, okay, we first off, we got to get this guy off the bench or we got to get him like in trouble, you know? And I think the more and more women there are, the we're, you know, we're only in our twenties. Like, Mm -hmm. where are we going to be when we're 40? We're going to feel so different. And like, probably like we have more power over a man who's doing something like that, you know? But I think that's why we made this podcast. That's why we have these conversations. You know, we want to let you know that you're not alone if you experience these things. You know, our community is here to talk about it. I know uh, not that long ago when we first came to law school, there were rumors about 
certain people in the community and they turn out to be true. And so I just never want anyone to think that they're alone and that if something's happening to you, you don't have anywhere to go and talk about like, you are not alone. We're here for you. And I think that at the end of the day, we just got to keep encouraging women to join the law and eventually that 37%, I think it is, will grow and grow and grow. And also minority women and marginalized groups of people, you know, they have to join because everybody brings a different perspective to the table. And it's really important to have that in a collaborative environment, like being a lawyer. I couldn't have said that better. Truly. That was like a really good um, speech. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It's like... uh, you know, you think about speech writing and all that stuff. It's funny because I think about uh, being like a president, you know, the secretary mm. uh, or what is it? Chief of staff. Like these people are some of the smartest people. You know, you don't work for the president. You don't end up in these certain higher offices. You're, you know, there's the hashtag JD preferred. <laughs> so I just think it's really uh, important not to set yourself short, not to settle, not to, you know, listen to some guy who tells you to quit acting emotional or, you know, someone at your firm who says, Oh, you're going to dye your hair that color. Like that's not very hot. Like fuck that shit. Honestly. And keep being strong and know that we're here. If you ever need to talk to anyone and, uh, thank you so much for the listener who reached out with her question and, you know, girl, I don't want this to, dissuade you at all from joining the legal field if anything i hope from this episode you realize that yes this stuff happens yes there is sexism yes there's misogyny out there but we can rise above it retweet and on that note follow us on instagram at ladies who law school podcast also join our facebook group the link is in the show notes and we will talk to you guys next time bye bye